When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. I am so excited to partner with them once again in 2022 because they've got a lot of great stuff going on, including an entirely redesigned and renovated driving range and practice area. It's got Top Tracer. It's got, what, like 42 heated bays, individually heated, by the way. And it's even got a food truck and much, much more, such as two bars. Yeah, that's right. Go out to CogHillGolf.com today to learn a little bit more. And, of course, you already know about all their great golf courses, CogHillGolf.com. We're also pleased to continue to work with our friends at WorldwideGolfShops.com. You've heard me talk about them many times before. They've got everything you need for golf. They've got apparel, accessories, training aids, all the new equipment. They've got deals like every single day. And going out to WorldwideGolfShops.com might just help you improve your game this golf season. WorldwideGolfShops.com. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. Apologies for the late release this Monday morning, but I uh, am trying a new format for this week. Uh, last week, we recorded a Twitter Spaces if you're not familiar with what that is, on Twitter there is a feature where you can host a live audio conversation with your followers, and we tried that last week, and we talked about a couple different topics that were really hot topics last week, including the rumored $135 million offer to Bryson DeChambeau to be the face of the Super Golf League in Saudi Arabia, as well as Phil Mickelson's comments regarding the greediness of the PGA Tour. So this is that conversation from last week. It's a little bit longer, so you're going to definitely be able to uh, sit back and relax and enjoy this one, I hope. And I should also mention that there, you're going to hear a lot of different voices. It's not just me. It's many of the people who decided to join that Twitter space. And we had about 100 people that were uh, listening to what we were saying. Before we get to the episode, though, be sure to give me a follow at Golf Unfiltered all over social media including TikTok, which we do a lot out there as well. And you can send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. All right, I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, I think we could probably get started here. About a minute and a half earlier than the 4.30 uh, Central Time start time that I had mentioned. But I think that's okay. Thanks for those who have already hopped on. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Adam Fonseca. I host the Golf Unfiltered podcast that you could listen to on all of your favorite providers. I also run golfunfiltered.com. If you're following me on Twitter, then you probably already know that. But I figured let's hop on a Twitter space today to talk about a couple of things that uh, have really been circulating on social media as well as all the big golf media outlets related to this week in pro golf. And of course, I'm referring to the golfers going over to Saudi Arabia on the men's tour, PGA Tour players, 
and all of the hijinks that have continued, uh, the commentary, the things people are saying, the news that's breaking. And I just, I needed to get this off my chest a little bit. I wanted to talk to you all, and you all have the opportunity to join in as speakers as well, just to kind of figure out what the hell is going on right now with all of this. Uh, First and foremost, I want to let everyone know, uh, you may see this on your screen. I don't do many Twitter spaces very often. I want to do more, but this is actually being recorded. And so the, the, what I, the way I think it works is that this is available for up to 30 days. And I'm going to share this uh, on the Twitter account after today's conversation. We'll be on for about half hour or so. So first things first, we've got uh, the big news last night um, and probably early or earlier in the day uh, where he was. Phil Mickelson, the great Phil Mickelson, uh said a few things at a press conference over in Saudi Arabia that really raised some eyebrows. And it was one of those comments where we know that Phil and his, his uh, veteran status on professional golf now certainly has not held back on commentary. We see him in the role of a TV analyst. Now he's very open and he's very funny in many instances. Uh, So he doesn't hold back on things that he wants to say. And in the spirit of true and full transparency here, I am not a huge Phil Mickelson fan. I just offer that for some background. I, I obviously cannot take anything away from the guy in regard to everything that he's done for the game of golf. He's enjoyable to watch. He's just a hell of a lot of fun uh, to watch when he's in majors and just all the Phil shots that we know. But he also says some kind of crazy stuff every so often, and he uh, did so again last night, stating that, the PGA Tour is essentially obnoxiously greedy, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, which I'm looking at an article uh, summarizing this press conference and the quotes that uh, Phil offered on the Daily Mail, which, of course, is a UK publication. Uh, the headline reads, Phil Mickelson, who has made over $800 million in his golfing career, makes incredible complaint about the sport's obnoxious greed. I think that's a good way of capturing it. I think that's a, uh, a fine uh, one-two punch there that really points out the irony in this entire situation. And where, did, where was Phil coming from? Well, he goes on to say in his press conference that he wanted to use, as an example, he wanted to use footage of him hitting golf shots, whether it be at Augusta, whether it be wherever else. And he was being asked to pay for the rights to use that footage of him hitting golf shots. Now, of course, the way that he sees it, well, this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Why do I have to pay money to the PGA Tour to use footage of me hitting golf shots? Well, Phil is never uh, shy to give a good soundbite. What he doesn't, what he didn't explain, rather, is that in the PGA Tour Player's Handbook, and this is something that I actually tweeted out not too long ago, uh, last night, actually, It explicitly states, basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, that all the moment you step onto a golf course and you hit a golf shot, and that's on television, that belongs to the PGA Tour. That is something that every PGA Tour player has to abide by. Right or wrong, agree with it or not, it's in the player's handbook. This is not much different 
than other sports that we all watch. It's not much different than collegiate sports. In fact, I will say that my wife, who played in college, she played softball, she played volleyball, she played for a collegiate team. I, I'll never forget the day that we were uh, getting on a train here in Chicago, a Metro train, and we saw an advertisement for the college that she attended, and her picture was there in the advertisement. And she had been graduated at that time for many years. The point being is that when you play for these these associations, you pretty much give up the rights to your likeness. That's either in an agreement, a contract, whatever it is, depending on context. I understand that the PGA Tour is different. Everyone is an independent contractor. But Phil failed to point that out, that it's in the PGA Tour player's handbook. So that's one item. The second item that I'd like us to talk about tonight, of course, is... This news about Bryson DeChambeau, obviously with the Super Golf League, uh, or they're asking him to become the face of the Super Golf League, which is the Saudi Arabia-backed golf league that is competing with the PGA Tour. And it was reported earlier today that someone said that they offered $135 million for him to do this. And that's staggering money. I believe it was Golf Week or Golf Digest later sent out a uh, tweet that said that Tiger Woods in his entire career made about $120 million. I assume that's playing money. Obviously, the endorsements helps him eclipse that mark. So this is silly money. And then we later learn that the Saudi Arabia-backed league is prepared to pay up to $2 billion to bring the biggest names over to their golf league. I mean, this is silly money. It's a, it's it's stuff that we can't even fathom. Phil Mickelson, others, Bryson, Dustin Johnson, they've all said, you know what? Everyone has been contacted by these guys. And yes, there's a lot of, it's a polarizing part of the world to say the least for good reason. But then earlier this afternoon, Bryson logs on to Instagram, responds to a Instagram post sharing the news that I just shared with all of you, and he says, wrong. Just one word, wrong. A friend of mine, Samantha Marks, found it, grabbed a screenshot of it, and now that's being reported everywhere. So what's the true story here? Nobody knows. This is becoming just a huge, huge thing it's going to continue on for many, many days, I believe, if not longer. And so those are the topics for today. Now, uh, usually I would do this in a podcast. I understand that the news cycle moves fast, so I wanted to go ahead and do a Twitter Spaces. I think this is a fun way to engage with all of you. Uh, the way that this works is pretty simple. I believe on your screen, on your phone, or wherever you're listening, there are some uh, buttons that you can push. There's a dashboard that you can Choose to be a speaker if you would like. And I welcome anyone who would like to kind of join the conversation. Give me your take on either topic or anything else that you'd like to talk about relating to men's pro golf right now. Because this, this could be a turning point in the way that we all enjoy this sport. And it's, it's getting exciting. So if anyone is interested, go ahead. You can find at the bottom of your screen there. I believe there is an option where you can choose to be a speaker. It will alert me. And then I will be able to promote you, I guess is the term, to either be a speaker 
uh, or I should say to be a speaker so that you could take part in the conversation. So while I'm waiting for uh, the first brave soul to do so, uh, a couple other thoughts on this whole, this whole thing. And I see that I've got uh, at least, let's see, we've got a request there. Tom Jacobs, you are now uh, being invited to speak. I think you have the ability. Uh, Tom, can you hear me? I can. Hi, Adam. Um, do you think that the the players are just using this to get more from the PJ Tour and just strengthen uh, a negotiation period rather than actually wanting to play in the Saudi Gulf League? Right. I think that if it was a PGL and you know there was more sort of uh, US events and they could stay at home and things like that, I don't think that I think the attraction would be more than the actual Saudi Gulf League itself, which I know is going to be worldwide, but. It feels to me like it's more just like I don't even know if they're actually just using Bryce and the hundred million as as just a quote as a, to try and show a seriousness as opposed to actually even offering him that or him even wanting to accept it. I think you're right, and and that's a point that that Phil actually made uh, yesterday, I believe. You know, he he referenced the leverage, and you know, if in the case of Phil. And I can't speak to others, but in the case of him, he he let us know a lot about where he stands on the PGA Tour relationship in general. And we've heard things over the years about how the tour doesn't necessarily treat players in the best possible way. And so he might be that first big name, obviously, that's underselling his legendary status to kind of promote change with the tour. So, you know, I, I think you're right. I mean, it could be a little bit of that. If we're hearing, though, upwards uh, of two billion dollars being offered for these players i mean i'd have to think that a few are taking this very seriously and we may no longer see them and i should also say just for further context that the pga tour and the european tour slash dp world tour have already said they will ban any player that jumps ship but uh you know i I think tom that's a really good point you bring up this could be used for leverage and i think i think also as well i think I think they're smartly using players that are towards the end of their careers, right? And that's no disrespect to, to Mickelson or Poulter or Westwood, whoever. Stenson's obviously been touted for the Ryder Cup purposes and things like that, that. That these guys don't have anywhere near as much to lose as a Rory McIlroy championship or, uh, you know, a Dustin Johnson or anyone like that. That I think I think they've gone the right way in trying to get these guys to to start the lead and I, and I think basically it's trying to get them to to force the PJ Tours and DP World Tours hand that the legalities of actually banning them from playing the Tours will basically break down I think in the end um, and I think ultimately they're, they're just going to want the money and if it's the, the media rights right to, to, you know, to be able to use the content I think that's fine I think Bryson's already said that you know, he, he could, you know, start his own YouTube channel. Well, he obviously has started his own YouTube channel, but he could start his own show. Mickelson said to me about strapping a, a GoPro to his head, basically. Um, you know, I think I think these guys are now just aware of how much money they can make uh, just from content. And, you know, that they're seeing it with things like the match, which gets sanctioned and things like that, is, is probably not enough. They, they want to be able to do that all year round as well. It is a uh, it is definitely a professional sport that they have to market themselves to a degree. And and those examples you pointed out, I think, are good ones uh, because they did come out and say, you know, a lot of players want to kind of make their brand and, and expand their brand a little bit, even in the multimedia space. And I, I, I thank you for reminding me of Ian Poulter, because he's an interesting case where they also, uh, you know, news came out this week of him also being involved and in, and in maybe playing in another uh, competitive league. 
he is towards the veteran side or maybe, you know, older side of his career. He's probably not going to make many Ryder Cups. He's probably going to have to be a captain's pick from here on out. This is a very tempting offer for him, I'd have to imagine. I believe the number was around 22 million pounds, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, so I could see him seriously considering that. I don't know if that's enough pull, though, in terms of the name uh, to get fans to watch. I could be wrong, though. Definitely. I think in Poulter's case, I think I can't seriously see him taking it in, in the sense that he's got obviously Luke going to, to college and um, essentially just wants to be there for him. And I think he, I think he, I spoke to this earlier that he probably wants to win one more time on the PJ Tour to kind of show him he can do it as he guides him into his professional career. So I think that's maybe a little bit narrative phase. But I think in terms of people like um, Westwood, whose son, I, I don't know if he's actually got tour aspirations. I think, you know, uh, Stenson, whose who's child's a little bit younger at the moment. Like, I think those are the guys that are really going to be targeting. Because I think, like, they would say it's a Stenson that has to make a decision between Ryder Cup captaincy and, uh, you know, the tour, right? And he's not even a guarantee to get the captaincy. It's not like you will be given it unless you take, you know, unless you take this because Luke Donald's firmly in the mix. Uh, you know, Robert Carlson's being touted as well. And I think I think ultimately like trying to use the Ryder Cup captaincy as a sort of bargaining tool is pretty lame. I think I think, you know, I, I love the Ryder Cup, but I, I can't see people giving up the chance to potentially be captain over, you know, guaranteeing thirty million a year or whatever it is they're gonna get. Yeah, all good points. And uh Westwood asked a similar question today to, uh, you know, similar to that of Phil and, and a few others, he just straight up said that he signed a non-disclosure agreement, you know, so clearly these are guys that are being, that are being asked to participate and some have probably already committed. So it's going to be an ongoing, uh, very interesting story that unfolds. And, you know, this is, I guess, again, as I said at the beginning, this is something that's probably a turning point for those of us who enjoy pro golf. Uh, at least, you know, on the men's side, certainly. And these are the biggest names. They're the ones that get backed by the most sponsorship dollars. They're the ones that are driving up purses uh, for every tournament. And it was really interesting uh, a few months ago at this point now, maybe uh, just a couple of months ago, when Tiger essentially said, you know what, I'm sticking with the PGA Tour. You know, this is where I, I started my legacy. This is where I, I built my legacy. And this is where I'm going to remain. And it's it's certainly taking nothing away from arguably the greatest player to ever to ever do it. Uh, he's also not the player that he once was. And so I wonder from a product standpoint, not to dehumanize someone, but from a product standpoint, he's not going to be playing much anymore. And so I wonder how much of a continued on-course presence he's going to be for the PGA Tour. It'll be interesting to see moving on. And I just want to uh, invite others. If anyone else would like to hop in on the conversation, you can certainly request to be a speaker. I uh, received those uh, requests here on my screen and I can promote you to be a, uh, a speaker, or you can just, you know, sit back and listen to the conversation that's, that's going on. Uh, I should also remind everyone that uh, this is being recorded uh, the way that this works. I believe this is a newer feature for Twitter spaces um, it's something that I can share uh, on Twitter for up to 30 days. They'll keep the recording, which I think is pretty neat. So uh, if you know someone or if you want to hop out and maybe check, catch the recording later on, it'll be available for at least the next 30 days. 
Okay, just taking a look at who's in the room here. I see my buddy Chris. Hey, Chris, I see... Uh, Oh, there's Tom from Chicago uh, Golf League. By the way, uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, check out the Chicago Golf uh, Tour. They uh, have a lot of members over there. Uh, Chris, who's in the room, uh, and I played in it last year. It was a lot of fun. I realized that I am not a competitive golfer. <laughs> but uh, they, they have a great uh, – they have three tours, the north, south, and west over there. And they're being sponsored by Sub-70 Golf, which is another Chicagoland uh, golf brand that many of you know. Good people over there. Uh, so check them out. I see that we have another request, and I am going to promote uh, Monotone Football. Let's, let's see what uh, what we got in store here. Uh, hello there, Monotone. I see. I've, can you hear me okay? And I think you might be able to unmute yourself. Yeah, man. Thank you. No, I was just curious what your thoughts on were if a guy like maybe Poulter or Westwood kind of caliber player did, you know, take that chunk of change you know and this ended up happening and then it kind of maybe got off to a rocky start and it maybe kind of fails do you think these uh, other leagues are going to keep their promises of permanently like banning these guys like do we really think if like lee westwood wants to plan the european tour again after if this fails you know do we think they're not going to let him anymore or do you have an uh, opinion on that Oh, well, that's a great question and you know i think it's going to take the right person to jump ship for for us to really see if the PGA tour is going to stick to their guns, you know, if, if for some reason, Phil Mickelson isn't just using this for leverage or, and perhaps even if he's using it for leverage and he decides that he's going to jump ship for just a little bit, I couldn't fathom the PGA tour banning him for life. You know, that just, it seems like it's almost an empty threat there. It's almost, everyone's daring someone else to do something first. Who's going to play their cards first type of thing. I truly believe that because I don't think there's going to be any winners in this entire situation if we just start banning people from the tour. And quite frankly, I think there's one golf group that could put a kibosh to this entire thing. If Augusta National makes one phone call to any of these players and say, you know what, you're never playing in the Masters again, I bet that that really puts a big damper on the plans for any of these comp uh, competing golf leagues. But money talks. I think that's something that we've learned Time and time again, I was tweeting about it earlier today, too. I mean, in the case of Bryson, even though he denied that it's true, $135 million. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's that, as somebody pointed out to me, that's generational family help <laughs> for a very, very long time. Uh, I uh, don't mean to uh, sidetrack the conversation too much here. I see that Mark Baldwin has joined the chat. And, Mark, I was following your round today at Pebble Beach with uh, our mutual buddy Ryan French. Good shooting today, man. Three under. That's that's a solid, solid round. Uh, so good for you. And, I, you know, that might be Mark Baldwin tracker now that I look at it. But if you can get that message to him, man, that was that was really good. He's probably uh, helping Ryan ice his feet right now from doing all that walking. Uh, all right. Any other questions from the speakers at the, at the moment? Adam, do you think that, you know, players like Jason Kokrak has been quite vocal already saying that, you know, he has a figure in mind and he would go. Um, this is a guy that's a very sharp ascension in the game and is very, you know, blatant about the fact that he just wants money, which I, I actually kind of respect. I, you know, I, I think that there's certain players that have a legacy that the people that have started one early on, i.e. You know, Rory Mack will be going for the Grand Slam, Jordan Spieth will be going for the Grand Slam, Mickelson would like to win the US Open, although he's obviously leading this. Like, 
I think there's just there's a pool of players that are you know in the top fifty at the moment that like a Kevin Nard, Jason Kokrak, people like that that could really make the jump and be. I don't want to say the scapegoats because that's the wrong idea, but kind of lead the charge. And if it works out, I then think you'd start to see a Bryson possibly going right. Okay, well it's working out for them. I'll take the hundred billion. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I, I don't think anyone wants to be the first one, but everyone kind of wants to keep it open. You know, I think that's that's an important point you point out. Uh, with any anything that happens in terms of change, there's always going to be those first early adopters, and then everyone else is going to be waiting back to see to make sure that everyone's okay. And so, you know, maybe it does take some of those for the, I mean, let's just call it what it is, less successful on the PGA Tour names, although successful in their own right, to make that jump to say, hey, you know what, it's actually, the grass is greener over here. And I think we could all think of examples, not only in our careers, but, you know, not to get too too deep, but even in our lives where sometimes the grass isn't always greener, but sometimes you just need new grass, you know? And so if things are so bad at the PGA Tour, and if we are to believe what others are saying, then maybe it does become a little bit less about money. And that's just icing on the cake to try something else, you know, and, and the way that this whole competitive league, uh, and it's not just Saudi, it's, it's, you know, it's the, uh, the PGL as well. Um, they have to get fans to watch this product. And in order for them to get fans, they need to get the names first. And so they need to kind of balance, play that balancing act a little bit. Okay, is Jason Kokrak going to be able to bring, you know, eyeballs to what we're watching? You know, I don't know. A Kevin Na? Probably. I'd be interested to see, you know, is this going to follow the, at least here in the States, the XFL, the Alternative Professional Football League, approach where they're just going to let these guys be complete characters and it's going to be more of a a show even more than the entertainment spectacle that the pga tour has become maybe that works but to more you know directly get back to your question tom i think i think that's going to take a number of those names that you just mentioned to kind of you know hey guys the water's actually not bad over here but time will tell on that and i think i think as well i think the the, the the elephant obviously in, in the room is is where it is right and and who it is that's leading it like this was another US based um, tour or a European tour or an Australian tour or anything like that I think I think there'd be so much less hesitancy it's because of where it is right and I, and I understand that and I also I also kind of agree and it sounds terrible I kind of agree that the players shouldn't be held to the account of you know, explaining themselves. I know people don't like it when they say, oh, we're trying to grow the game, and that, and that is terrible. Like, I'd rather they just said nothing or just admitted they were there to see the money side of things. Like, I think this, the trying to grow the game and the fact that it's Phil Mickelson that's moaning about PGA Tour being green. If it was a, if it was an up-and-coming player who said, like, you know what, I've been trying to explore my media rights and I haven't been able to get them. That was Sam Burns, for example. Like, you know, I've quickly gained up, grown up the rankings and I can't actually use my shots. I don't like this. But it's Phil Mixon that's you know earned eight hundred million dollars from it that, that's moaning about the money. I think I think they've just got the kind of wrong people making the statements, and and that's maybe the biggest problem. Yeah, I, I think you're right there too, Tom. I mean, let's face it: if a name like Colin Morikawa, for example, was up there at the podium saying, "I think that the PGA Tour is obnoxiously greedy," 
you know, that's going to hit a little bit different than Phil Mickelson, who's known for his Tuesday money games. And, you know, there's a picture of him on social, uh, you know, making a, you know, a, a yeah. face over a pile of money. I mean, that just doesn't hit as, as well as that. But, uh, you know, I think this is going to uncover this might be a tipping point where it uncovers so many other things, quote unquote, wrong with the PGA Tour that they're going to have to respond in one way or another. Do you, do you think Mickelson's being used by someone just for the benefit of everybody else? I don't, I don't know if he's too wise to that, to, for that to happen, or whether there's just someone advising him so that for the greater good of of the other players, just basically negotiating everyone to get a better contract because. He has a lot less to lose than, than the younger guys pushing for it. Like, okay, let's drop Phil out there and let him kind of make mistakes. Uh, I'm smiling as you ask that because I, <laughs> I literally had a thought of that earlier. <laughs> um, I, you know, in my in my conspiracy mind, Tom, I, I could picture Jay Monahan calling him. He's like, "Hey, man, why don't why don't you just say some stuff and <laughs> and let's see what happens?" You know, I. It's it's funny because let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that he also just won the PIP or the right. PIP, you know. And I don't know how others on this this space uh, feel, but I'm of the opinion that that was a complete sham just to keep him and Tiger happy. Yeah, uh, not, you know, not that these guys need more money, but it's an interesting thought. You know, I he might be uh, he might be playing a hand here as well. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what it, I I don't know that it's that, and, and I, I certainly think that Mickelson is capable of being someone that just moans for the sake of moaning because he wants more money because, you know, this is a guy that's that's had money his whole life. Right? I think he's lost plenty of money as well. So I think, you know, I think he's capable of wanting more and things like that. And I think, you know, like, like in the in the sense of like Henry Stenson, for example, going back to him, like a lot of people say that he doesn't need, you know, any more money and he's made plenty of his career. But I think people, a lot of people forget how much like money he lost uh, early on in his career. You know, he got, you know, caught up in some really bad stuff and, I certainly don't feel sorry for any former top 10 golfer or major winner. I think they're all, you know, fairly well off and we don't need to, to worry about their finances for them. But there does come a point where, like, you have to look inwards and go, if this was, this, like, if I was offered a job in Saudi Arabia tomorrow and it was 10x my salary now, can I say no just based on morality? You certainly have to start asking your own questions that as well. Yeah, I mean that—that's the the overarching question, you know. How much? Everyone's got their price. At least that's what people say. And you know, I was uh, I was making the comment to uh, a group of friends, many of whom are actually listening right now. Um, you know, I don't know where that line is is drawn. You know, I mean, where do morals end, and then the the conversation shifts to, oh my God, I can take care of my family and their kids and their kids. You know, what what does that look like, and what are you willing to accept? So it's. This is a big moment, you know, again, I keep saying, and for those who just joined, you know, uh, I do firmly believe that these comments from both Bryson, well, what's been reported on Bryson, but certainly the comments from Phil is a tipping point for at least the men's side of the pro game. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how this continues to unfold. And I certainly invite anyone else listening to come uh, and request to be a speaker. And the way that that works, if you're new to spaces, there are some buttons on your dashboard towards the bottom of the screen. I see any requests that come through, and I can promote you to be a speaker. Or you can just sit back and continue to listen. That is perfectly fine as well. And just as another quick reminder for those who may have just joined, we are recording this. It'll be available for up to 30 days after today if you wanted to hop out and listen to it a little bit later as well. So... 
again, we're talking about the uh, just the craziness that is just unfolding at a fast pace in the men's pro game today. Phil Mickelson calling the PGA Tour greedy, which is the most ironic thing in the world. I think we would all agree with that, at least to an extent. And then, of course, all the reports coming out about Bryson DeChambeau being offered about $135 million to become the face of the Saudi Arabia Super Golf League, which he later denied on Instagram, which are really is really the venue where all good denials go to be made Instagram. Uh, if anyone's got any additional thoughts or questions, please feel free to uh, request uh, to be a speaker. And I'm happy to promote you up and we can continue the conversation. In the meantime, uh, I had referenced earlier uh, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, also known as the most boring PGA Tour stop on the calendar, is going on. And I think it's kind of coincidental, if not down, downright ironic, that if all these players were to leave the PGA Tour, I believe it was Robert Lucetich, he actually mentioned it earlier today on Twitter, are we getting a preview of the quality of golf that we're going to see on the PGA Tour this week as well? Is that just a happy circumstance that we just ran into? The Pebble Beach Pro-Am is not what it used to be. And that's because a lot of names that we all know and love and have mentioned even in this call today don't go and play. They're all in Saudi Arabia right now. I think it's an interesting question. And I, I do remember that there was a lot of chatter about, well, you know, this is the type of thing that happens when you don't promote the up and coming players enough. A friend of ours, a uh, mutual friend, Dan Hauser, he actually pointed this out in another uh, uh, chat that I'm on. Does anybody remember seeing a single commercial of Will Zalatoris? Obviously, he's just a newer PGA Tour uh, member, which, again, is the most ridiculous thing in the world. But he is, nobody would disagree that he is not an up-and-coming player. But he's not being promoted anywhere at all. How many times do you see commercials that do, uh, for the PGA Tour that do not include all of the names that we just mentioned? What about the up-and-comers? Nash, I see that you've requested to become a speaker. I will go and click my buttons here and invite you to come up. But I leave that thought as well. And Nash, I believe you can speak now. And I see Nikki has as well. Nash, how are you? Oh, Nash is muted. Uh, if you oh, wanted to get in. No, you're good. I can hear uh, you now. I actually haven't read the article. I've just hopped in and heard you guys talking about it. Um, so, I just read a headline. So DeChambeau's offer offered 135 million to to uh, 100 mm -hmm. to play in Saudi Arabia uh, Super League. Is that would that just so that would be separate from the PGA? Correct. That very much so. In fact, uh, the way that it was reported is they offered him that obscene amount of money to not only play but to become the quote unquote face of the Super League in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so it's an obscene amount of money. And uh, as mentioned earlier, the PGA Tour and the European Tour have already said they would ban any player for life if they jumped over. But that's the situation that we're at right now. Well, I, I, I know there's a lot of money in Saudi. You saw that when uh, I'm just coming compared to the UFC when Dana White, you know, took, took it to Abu Dhabi. Uh, it's a crazy that's a crazy thing. This is crazy. Man. Yep. Um, hey, I do agree with your point about Will Zalatoris. I remember watching. I'm not a huge. I'm just a casual golf fan, but I remember watching him um, 
as a as an amateur and yeah uh, i mean going to going to the masters and coming in second yeah there's not a lot he hasn't had a lot of promotion and i, I think there's just smaller i mean not smaller outlets you see like barstool he's been on like pardon my take and stuff um he's done some of that stuff but uh you, you don't see yeah i haven't seen any promotion for zalatoris at all it's it's a sad state of affairs because I think those are the names and those are the opportunities that a, a an association like the PGA Tour can really capitalize on. Because let's face it, the big names are going to be there all the time. Everyone remembers Phil. Everyone remembers Tiger. They're always going to be available, even if they're not actively golfing. And they're probably in you know keeping in mind other business ventures for their own portfolio. You know, but you know to not promote these younger players i think is a huge miss i uh, also promoted uh, nikki dunnigan she's the newest member of golf unfiltered hi nikki and i also see that our good friend robert i haven't seen you in forever we'll get to you here in a second too but nikki how's it going hello hello how are you how are you i'm good how was your day i know that we spent a lot of time chatting with our group of friends about all this nonsense which prompted this space yeah i saw you were talking about what the hell is going on so i wanted to to join i um you're probably gonna hear my my kid in the background watching his cartoons but um yeah i just figured i would join and see what see what we're talking about i um i heard we're, we're we, we started talking zalatoris not being promoted enough um and then we switched to what 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 was the conversation that we switched after zalatoris well really it kind of started with this whole nonsense that phil was spewing yesterday and i know that we chatted a little bit about that <laughs> you, really, um, you want me to go on my rant about that or no? i would love for you to go on your rant about that oh man okay well so here's my thing here's my opinion on that so do i think that i'm, I'm gonna be nicer than i was earlier today um <laughs> hey can you give context first Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So Phil, Phil is upset that the PGA tour is basically like he wanted, he wanted video footage basically of himself. Um, And the, the tour was like, yeah, but we own it. So you have to pay us for the rights for it. And he was like, I'm Phil Mickelson. Why should I have to do that? Um, Which fair, you know, Um, but they make everybody do that. You know, if they're making Phil Mickelson do it, they're definitely making, del Torres do it um you know they're making everybody do it so the rules are the same for everyone so phil mickelson decided to go out there and say well the pga tour is greedy you know they're just money grabbers so which is a statement in and of itself from phil mickelson of all people who just won like how much how many million dollars from the the player impact program 40 million For literally doing nothing. Well, I say doing nothing. I mean, he did win a major. But, like, the player impact program is based on hype and a miscongeniality contest. So he won all those millions of dollars, and he can't use a couple hundred of it to buy a video of himself. So to use for who knows what, like, that... I, that's that's nicer. That's a nicer way of putting it than I did earlier today. Um, but that that's my opinion on it. Like, do I think that it's dumb that the tour is charging the players for their own videos? Yeah, I do. But do I think it's dumb that Phil is like complaining about it? Yeah, I also do. That's that's my stance on it. 
it's a it's a popular stance too because if we pay attention as i know you and i both do to social media and the reaction of that i mean there are so many examples <clears throat> insider trading that we could talk about regarding phil mickelson and for him to come out and say something like that it just did not land well it's one of those read the room moments that you know had somebody else said it and and I thank Tom earlier for mentioning, uh, you know, maybe Phil is kind of doing this on the behalf of others to kind of say these things. And he's just the one brave enough to do it. But if somebody else were to go up there and say something like that, maybe people say, oh, we need to pay a little bit closer attention to this. You know, Phil certainly isn't that person. I mean, I mean yeah, if somebody who like is an up and comer who like they just got their tour card and they're like, man, I'm trying to promote myself out here. You know, I'm trying to get sponsorships and you're charging me for videos of myself on the tour. This really stinks. I can't afford this. I can barely afford my entry fees. Like that would have gained a lot more traction and support than someone who just made millions of dollars for flashing his calves and throwing a few <laughs> thumbs ups around like who has the money to pay for those videos. Like, and again, I don't think that it's right that the tour charges players on the tour for videos of themselves. Like if it was a company, if it was like, I'm still late, for example, coming saying, Hey, we need this footage of Phil for this commercial that we're making. Then sure. Yeah. I'm still late. should have to pay for that. But it's Phil getting videos of himself. Like that he should own those videos i think because that's like his own likeness so yeah i get both sides but it's i don't know it's dumb it's dumb tom i see you came off mute yeah i think i i completely agree with nikki that i i see the both sides of it like i do think you are the person that is hitting the shot and it's your ability is the reason why we're seeing the shot so you should own the video the, the funny thing i do like about phil mickerson is that at every single opportunity he has managed to flash his coffee on the broadcast <laughs> and he has basically used it as a walking advert so I don't think he's done badly out of it and I think that like he said like if, if it would take a, a Will Zalasaurus a, a Sam Burns a Victor Hovland to say look I've been approached to, to create my own YouTube channel uh, I believe I should be able to include uh, some pre, uh, some you know round content um in that some of my shots and i don't believe i should have to pay for it for that's come out but there's also the argument that they could create their own content i mean someone like wesley Bryan and, and his brother george they have their own youtube channel and and they create a lot of really unique and interesting uh you know content without having to include tour stuff so i think i think there's there's an argument on both sides that he doesn't actually even need his shot rights you know that there's there's a little bit of that in there as well Totally agree with you, Robert. My man, I haven't seen you in forever. How you been? I've been fantastic, Adam. How you about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What do you think of all this stuff, man? You are you are a man that deals with athletes constantly and the what goes through their minds. What, what's your take on this? Well, I find it to be, um, I, I got a, a few moments here, uh, but I was like, I got to get in on this. So uh, one of the thoughts that I obviously have and working with guys actually on tour and on the up and coming tours is, the PGA has an opportunity to actually help those lower tier tours. I mean, we've talked about this before in different venues around, um, you know, if, if for an example, I would say if a player has to, we'll use the Phil Mickelson piece, right? So if a player has to pay for their quote unquote likeness, uh, 
Well, that money, it's kind of like the NFL with fines, right? So that money that you're paying for doesn't go directly to the PGA, but would go to the Corn Ferry or the APGA or Latin American Tour or these subsidiary tours that they actually sponsor to increase purses in those up and coming spaces so that these other tours that are trying to make it, they basically would would not make it because the up and coming players would have a coffer of monies poured back into them and in, quote unquote, in a developmental way. Um, and I, I just was laughing because this is something that some of my players actually talked about. I was like, you know, they're grinding it on the Latin American tour. So imagine if, for example, that was something that they were able to use those monies, that player, that PIP money, even, you know, there's a percentage of those monies that a player would earn, quote unquote, but then would get pushed back into the developmental league. So I feel like the PGA, in essence, is missing some really cool opportunities to really promote themselves, but also their younger players. That's a really, really good point, Robert. And for the rest in the room, just for some added context, uh, Robert is a fantastic professional who deals with all sorts of organizations. He runs Elite Minds LLC. If you go to EliteMindsLLC.com, he's worked with the NFL, the NFL Players Association. You've worked with the Army. You've worked with uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, Latino America Tour, among others. I know I'm selling you short here, sir, but I think you bring a really good perspective to this where if we can get people to understand that, hey, these lower tour, uh, these lower tours, rather, they have players that need to get that same level of attention. Why are we not boosting them as well? You know, that that to me is kind of the big miss here. And I touched on that earlier with the Will Zalatoris uh, example. Yeah, I mean, that that is a, a perfect, I mean, there's lots of players. I mean, you know, whether it's even there's smaller tours out there like Swing Thought or uh, G Pro. I mean, there's others, you know, throughout the country, but to be able to support these leagues essentially from a professional space would really, you know, help their product moving forward or up through the rank. Um, and you'll see it a little bit in baseball, but, but ultimately, specifically, I think for golf, man, just really uh, using their platform to kind of reach up or down, whichever way you want to look at to these uh, leagues that are bringing you talent because um, I mean, imagine if your corn fairy tour guys technically left <laughs> and went to go play in this other, you know, league essentially mm -hmm. because of the, the money that would be available to them uh, for two, three years potentially. And, and they, there's no way to recoup that at that, at their space. So it's just something to be thinking about. I know um, I got a rock and roll, but I'll be listening <laughs> Thanks, man. It was good to hear from you again, too. Let's keep in touch. Absolutely. So, yeah, all good points. And I know that we are a little bit past the half hour mark that I had mentioned we do. We can keep the conversation going. That's fine with me. Um, but it is that that minor league system that I do agree is kind of at stake right now. You know, if we lose that, that uh, not we, but if the PGA Tour loses that farm system, so to speak, then what do they have left? I mean, it's just the longevity of uh, any athlete in any association is what you have to compete with. Tom, I see. You. Yep, go ahead. I think that, that for me, like it's, it kind of brings it back to reality as well with the with Netflix documentary, right? That the people that they've got in on that and, and they were really excited to get the players that they did get. Um, and, and they had a few 
let's uh, say lower names in the sense of, of, of Harry Higgs and you know Mita Pereira and people like that that, that were quite exciting. Nakajima will see up the number one amateur, but I think they kind of missed the boat in the sense that. And I know they were basically just trying to replicate Drive to Survive. And I think Chad Mum, who's actually involved in it, is is well into golf. So I think he has the right idea that he wants to do. But I think the better story for a Netflix-type documentary is is a Q school, personally. You know, is someone that's is trying to grind on Q school. There was a documentary uh, you know, on YouTube of, of Corn Ferry guys trying to make the PJ Tour. That was really interesting. And, and that never really got any exposure. I, I only got, found that through someone that told me, like an agent, uh, who told me that was out there? I, I had no idea. It was, it was never promoted. So, I think that the fact that you can get invested from someone that you know was on Q School had to go and make some starts in Latino America, work their way out to the PJ. So, I mean, obviously uh, Ryan French does a great job of doing it on on Twitter, and he's obviously getting um, some help with the fire pit as well. Um, but you know, I, th- I think that's a great good. You know, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot because, like it was just referenced there, they don't have any players coming up if the Saudi Golf League right said anyone that was on the corn free tour last year will come and pay you a guaranteed amount of money they'll all go because they can't afford to pass that up right and then you're suddenly getting no players there's no threat of losing your card because the PJ Tour can't afford to lose a card otherwise they don't feel filled so I think they're, I think it's a really good point that that could be the major loss for them uh, rather than the guys at the top yeah I mean the fact that you and I can't go to a PGA Tour event and shoot video with our own cameras and try to promote their product free of charge and they want to take that footage already i have a problem with that you know so it's it's a very well well stated and and to the point of monday q info uh ryan french as you mentioned you know they got him in trouble or they they went to him a few times from my understanding to stop posting the things that he posts for monday qualifiers and then they turned around and started doing it themselves anyway uh but i do see that brian has requested to be a speaker and i brought him up i from your your bio there i see that you are a degenerate golf better and a podcaster so we're already best friends oh uh, of course and tom i just want to tom's tom's my best boy tom is legit the best in the industry Tipped a 500-1 to one golfer with the first-round lead. Like, I don't care what happens. Like, Tom, you're a legend, <laughs> and I'm so glad you came on my pod the other day. Uh, you're welcome, buddy. It was uh, That's a stroke of luck. I can't say that I was expecting myself. Tom, myself. stop it. That was not a stroke of luck. You're a genius. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very kind of you. So, you know, with this whole Saudi thing and everyone kind of making a big deal about it, like, I just want to say that I'm just really not worried about it, in my opinion. And the reason is, is because these guys, these golfers are not going to give up the four majors a year to go play in this league. Like, I think there's too much prestige in winning a Masters or winning an Open Championship or or winning a U.S. Open that they're not going to just leave all that for a bunch of money. These guys are paid handsomely. And I think all these efforts eventually, like, it's a lot. They want everyone to make a big deal about it and, and gawk at these high numbers that they're proposing on plant on paying these players. But I don't really see it coming into fruition. It's like maybe a few guys go over, but I don't think that it will be a dramatic shift in the PGA Tour unless they get like, you know, all the top guys, which I just don't really see them getting right now. Fair points, Tom. I saw that you uh, came off a... Uh... Mute again? Yeah, I, th- I think the 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 one thing is, is it only the PGA is the only one that's actually the of the major championships actually affiliated with the PGA Tour? So I'm guessing it. It's kind of like what you said earlier before Brian came in that 
the Masters could blow it up, right? If if the Masters said, you go to this league, you're not playing next year, that, that could control it. But I think, I don't think the Open Championship is going to take that stance. I don't think the US Open will, certainly not to Phil, because it's going to be one of the biggest storylines of, of him if, if he wins it in the next two-year window, whatever it is. But um, it's a good point. I think I think that the majors are the biggest pull for for Rory McIlroy, for Jordan Spieth, for Dustin Johnson, for I guess even someone like Will Zalasaurus could kind of swing to on the podcast before he he's you know very motivated by trophies. But I, I guess it's how close you are to winning those majors and how close you know affiliated you are to major championships in general as to whether they sway you. Yeah, and that's entirely fair. And what's interesting, though, too, is that they're not approaching, or maybe they have approached, uh, the names of John Rahm and, and a few others, and they're just straight up saying, no, we're not interested. And so we're not hearing more about those names either. And it's those names that we are hearing about who have kind of, let's let's face it, they've either not reached the level of success that they were anticipating comparatively on the PGA Tour, uh, or they are towards the end of their careers. And I believe it was... Phil Mickelson that said, hey, if I win the U.S. Open, it's that ever-elusive U.S. Open that he hasn't won ever, and he certainly came close many times, that he would retire after that happens. And so when the PGA Tour is seeing something like that from a product standpoint, again, not to dehumanize anyone, but let's call it what it is, they're looking at these legends and say, hey, I don't have much lifespan left with this big name. And then the, the, those players probably already realize that as well. And so they have to do something that they perceive to be protecting their legacy to a degree, which is a, is a double-edged sword there. You know, Tiger, again, I, I referenced his press conference earlier that said, hey, I built my legacy here. I am going to stick with the PGA Tour. I do wonder, personally, if Tiger already has some stake uh, in ownership of the PGA Tour in some degree. I'm sure that there have been some behind-the-scenes dealings with Tiger to say, hey, you stick around, this kingdom is yours if it isn't already. Yeah, I I think that's a great point. I think that you sort of mentioned Tiger earlier. I could certainly see them almost naming the tour, the Tiger Woods tour, you know, they had the Hogan tour. Right. I think think that's going to happen at some point, right? And and that's going to keep him there. And also, I think for Tiger Woods, as much as we love him. We love the goal for Tiger Woods. He's he's had his fair share of, of controversy, and he's always been backed by the PJ Tour. They've always looked after him. He's always kind of been supported. He's been brought back. Um, you know, he's he's always been celebrated. Never kind of um, you know criticised, particularly in the media. So I think that he's always going to go back to that. I think it's interesting that someone like a, a Dustin Johnson, who we we know was kind of we assume he's been banned from the tour in the past. It would be interesting to see what his state was, whether now he's allowed back on, whether he would ever jump ship. I think that there's just certain people that it makes perfect sense for them to never jump ship. Like I think that the trouble with like the PGL is that their biggest story was Rory McIlroy saying no and him kind of elaborating as to why he said no and then saying, I see their points, but I still say no. Like that, that was the worry for me is that there wasn't, they're kind of a lot of they went on no lane out podcast and, and he was very good i actually quite enjoyed what he said but a lot of it was like we spoke to players and they liked the idea and it's like well there's no there's no substance to it whereas the saudi golf league are chucking x amount of money at everybody um and like you say it's just, it is just a pivotal moment i think i think ultimately um it is going to be just a negotiation to get the pj tours pay more money they have the money there they know the money's there um and i think that's ultimately what it'll come down to 
I agree with you. And well said. And I think that's a good point maybe for us to uh, to close this space today. And, you know, this was a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed it. I see that uh, the room has thinned out a little bit, which is always a good sign to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we've been talking a little too long. But in the, in the same instance, we'll do more of these. I don't think this story is ending or dying out anytime soon. Uh, the recording of this conversation, as I understand it, this is new for me, will be available for up to 30 days. I will be sure to share it if uh, you wanted to listen to the entire conversation or share it with your friends. I would greatly appreciate that. And just as a shameless plug for myself, please feel free to give me a follow. If you don't already, listen to the Golf Unfiltered podcast on all major uh, podcast networks and go out to golfunfiltered.com. Thanks so much, everyone, for taking place, or I'm sorry, taking part in this. We will do another one very soon. Stay safe out there. <laughs>